0: Well and, and here we are. And, and here we are. And here we are. And here's the thing. We're seeing you <laughs> but unfortunately I don't get to see anybody. the coronavirus has interrupted <laughs> us a little bit. And so now you're not seeing anybody. Yeah. Uh, when we look at the building, it's very empty. It's true. And so none of us anticipated this, of course. And in
1: But I will say I can tell everybody's looking good. I can tell. Sunday best, you guys are looking great, hey. I'm sure.
0: None of them have gained any weight it's all we're all in a perfect <laughs> condition here no, so I think what happens is that maybe we just jump right in and mm. I'll, I'll ask you some questions and and then um because we have this online you know the streaming thing that's mm. going on mm. today that's basically our service, and so this is not this is not taking the place of our installation service. We will do that down the line once we get some clear direction from the health industry and and, yeah. and our government people tell us it's okay to to meet back and we hope that happens real soon. But um, so let's just jump in. I, one of the things that I, I thought, like, I've known you for about 10, 11 years now. Yeah. But um, there's been this six year gap. Yeah. That fortunately, me and you had enough of a relationship that I've kept in touch with you somewhat. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious um, how in the world um, you decided. Well, let's, let's don't even do that. Yeah. Let me ask you this because a lot of our people don't know you. Yeah. In a six year period of time, a lot of things have changed here. Mm. Now, The response we got when we played that video originally was like they all knew you really well or something because it was incredible, so we thank God for that. But maybe you can just go back and maybe share with those who don't know you, and even those who know the story already, it would be great to hear it again. I'd love to hear your testimony on where you were at, what your life was like before Christ entered it, and then how that took place. Maybe give us a process on that.
1: I would say, I think... um, I think one verse that really kind of stands out to my mind to summarize that whole testimony period is Romans 6, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like, that that setup, I think, is a perfect way to describe my before Christ and after Christ. Before Christ, that idea of wages, you know, earning, achieving. You do this work, you get a paycheck at the end. I was that guy. I was definitely that kind of achiever, that um, motivated to succeed, and felt that God needed to give me something for that. Um, Always believed in God. Grew up in, uh, my grandparents are Presbyterian, so grew up going uh, to to service and everything, And, and so I always had this God concept, and I had this concept that I was working for him, working for him, getting a wage, and my wage was an easy, comfortable kind of life. But that, all, that system totally broke when what I was getting back, my paycheck, was suffering. You know, I had these kind of collision moments that happened in my life. Uh, my my family life wasn't doing really well. Um, I was struggling in school a lot because of my dyslexia and different things. But the, the real kind of clincher of, of it all, because really the center of my happiness was my relationship with my father. Had really... I just loved my my dad. And he uh, went to a party uh, and made some bad decisions Mm -hmm. and died of a heroin overdose at that party. And that crushed me. And I was so angry at God. You know, I tell people that I was an atheist, meaning not that I didn't believe in God, but I was an angry theist. Like, I I hated God. Like, I say that now, and that hurts me uh, to think but it's true. I knew he was there. I knew he was real. But I felt like he was doing just a terrible job, you know. He wasn't giving me my wage. Mm-hmm. And there was this moment, I remember, April 4th, 1997, where it was like God turned the tables on me, where where I was telling God how he wasn't qualified. You're not good. You're this. I'm mad, da-da-da-da. And then it was all of a sudden God turned the tables and everything my grandparents had told me, everything uh, my basketball coach told me who was a Christian started to come in like, okay, if you're going to put God on trial, how about God puts you on trial? And the overwhelming sense of guilt, um, I realized that no, the wages, what I had been working for, what I had been doing was sin, not righteousness. And what it deserved was death, separation from God. And it was like a mountain fell on me, you know. Um, so I called my basketball coach who knew the Lord. And I said, I need to know about Jesus. Mm. I remember you talking about him, but I know that I'm guilty. And I need, I need to know how Jesus can help me. He came over, shared the gospel with me, told me about eternal life, told me that it was a gift. Paul, you don't work for it. He gives it to you if you just receive it. Um, and the last part of that verse is, you know the gift of god is eternal life through Christ Jesus our lord i remember praying april 4th 1997 11:30 at night i'm praying on my bed with my basketball coach right here and he says paul if you want if you want god's forgiveness you want jesus' death and resurrection to be your only means of forgiveness to be right with god if you want that you got to make jesus your lord you got to make jesus the boss and when he said boss that's when it clicked like i got to give him everything yeah So I remember praying, and he was like, just repeat after me, you know. So I repeated after him, and he said, Jesus, I want to make you my boss. And uh, I stopped, and I thought, okay, is that really what I want? Like, I want rescue, but I don't know if I want lordship. I don't know if I want him to be king. Hmm. Um, But then I said, you know what? That's what he deserves. And I remember praying, you know, Jesus, I want you to be my boss for the rest of my life. And I opened my eyes... I looked at my, my basketball coach and I said, Bobby, I want to be a pastor. Mm. Like if Jesus is gonna be a boss, then I wanna be a pastor. I want my job uh to be telling people about this good news of Jesus Christ. Uh so I know that's kinda that's kinda quick and that of course that branched off into you know, sure. uh schooling and ministry, being here, being other places and uh but that that night I would say was the watershed moment of my life and nothing has ever been the same since that confrontation that I would say that that, the collision, sideswiped, you know, by my guilt, but at the same time sideswiped by God's grace at the same time in that moment. So
0: Yeah, a good collision.
1: Oh, amen to that. <laughs> yeah. And I've been in whiplash ever since, you know? Exactly. God has done And everybody around you has been in whiplash. I don't understand that.
0: <laughs> Lindsay's hair is all thrown back. Yeah,
1: that's what right. is that about?
0: That's right. No, so I, I, it's a wonder. I mean, man, mm-hmm. what an incredible story. Huh? What, mm-hmm. a, what a God, a redeemer. He's a redeemer, isn't oh, he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh,
1: just to even the father part, you know, um, what I love about what God does is God will take those moments that are your deepest valleys and turn, turn them into these mountains, ones that you're not the hero of, but ones where he displays that he's the hero. You know, when 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 you fall, he comes in and he, he flexes and shows his muscles. You know, he, he shows off in our weaknesses. And I think in that most vulnerable, just crushing, defeating, dark moment, God shows up and creates the greatest light. I mean, but it. We shouldn't be surprised. God does it no. with the crucifixion. No. Yeah. The darkest day was the day the Son lost his fellowship with the Father. Right. The day the Son took on our our sin. Yet that was the greatest day of redemption. You yeah. know How, what a wonderful God to turn those events of our lives from from despair to hope.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. It's a, it's incredible. I, mm. it, those of those that don't know Paul. Uh, you're going to get to know this about him, but he's a, a definitely. A, you're definitely an evangelistic guy. We mm-hmm. see that all the time. Uh, mm. I've seen that when you were doing junior high, when we first arrived here. You know, like, hey, yeah. he he might be very young, he might be very yeah. silly at times, and <laughs> hasn't got the maturity that you have today, thank God. Yeah. But it's it's his deal of like, wait a minute. But when you talk about Jesus, mm. there's something happens in this guy that's a oh, little yeah. different, you know. And so, uh, and, and that story is an unusual one. I got saved, and I turned to a guy and went, I want to be a pastor. <laughs> I mean, that's a very unusual story. (laughs) I don't know very many. I think you might be the only one I know that has (laughs) that story. But um, I don't want to segue away from that because it's a wonderful thing. Mm. Um, Perhaps you could tell me. Yeah. This is uh, not a question that I had to but It's it's kind of an organic question that comes out. How would you meet Lindsay?
1: Oh, man. Your dear
0: wife. How would you meet her?
1: Oh, that was another kind of collision moment. So I was. Don't tell her it was a collision. (laughs) (laughs) She knows. I was. I was. was, It's fair to say I was blindsided Blindsided, by Lindsay's beauty. Um, you know I just had come out of a relationship a long relationship a godly woman but we weren't the right fit and mm-hmm. that's okay and uh, we were in college and I was pursuing you know being a pastor sure. sold out to that idea but I was just I, I thought you know God, I don't want any distractions right now I just I'm not my heart's kind of hurting over here and um, and then I met Lindsay and I mean there's I believe that God does give us, you know, soulmates. He gives us people uniquely fitted for us, you know, just as God fashioned Eve for Adam. And Adam looked and said, wow, this is it, you know. I think I had that moment where um, Lindsay is just, she's a beautiful person, a beautiful personality. I met her in college and we just, we just I fell head over heels uh, for Lindsay. Um, it may have taken a little bit more time, more persuasion on my part <laughs> for her to see the same thing. God had slow grace, you know, maybe, uh, and, and drew her, you know. Yeah. Um, but, we, yeah, we just fell in love and, and got married in college
0: yeah.
1: and um, been married 15 years here in August. Praise yeah. God. And she's, every year it gets better and better and better. Yes. yes. Well,
0: amen to that. I can amen yeah. that. I've been 42 years married to Lynn, so yeah. I get it. But um, So I think one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you, and, and I think it's it's kind of fun a, a fun question to ask you, is hmm. um, what are some of your memories of Valley, like when you were here before? Yeah. Like, like what are some things that stick out to you?
1: Man, so I think probably my fo- some of my fondest memories yeah. are watching leaders, like youth staffers, volunteers, lead people to Christ. Mm. Um, like, I remember specifically a Manny moment. Uh, Manny was on my youth staff. Manny's a youth pastor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, does youth here now. But he was a staffer, a volunteer guy. Awesome. Loved, you know, Manny and I are close. And I remember at camp, a winter camp, this kid comes up to me. He's like, man, I really want to know about baptism. Can you explain that to me? And, of course, like, that's that's one of those moments where, like, that's what you live for. You right there. those, like, yeah. you Yeah. Know, <laughs> and I decided to hold off and I said you know what I wa- I'm going to walk you up to the cabin I want you to talk to Manny and so I walked him up to the can- cabin I said you know Manny this guy wants to talk about baptism will you talk to him and then they just kind of sat down on the bunk and I just kind of stood off over here packing a bag because I just wanted to overhear it and l- listening to Manny explain the gospel to this kid explain what baptism is hear this kid respond say yes I want to do it I thought to myself this is what we're supposed to do. You know, Ephesians says we, we, we equip the church to do the work of the ministry. And it was like a light bulb clipped on for me. Paul, this is what you're supposed to do. My job is to minister to people so that they can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. And giving away ministry has always been a highlight, I think, of my time here at Valley. I think of Greg Smith um, baptizing Uh, just right here on the stage, you know, uh, some of his boys. It wasn't me that did it, you know. I I would say more volunteers baptized than I baptized kids. Because watching them do that was, same for my wife. When uh, my wife had her small group girls over at the house. And they're eating ice cream, doing nails, and she's just sharing God's word with them. And I'm in the other room, you know, with the little kids, Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is what it's all about, sure. you know, to give away ministry and to not be this, not to be the, the end all on the stage, the professional. Uh, a pastor, our job is to give it away to them and watch them flourish with it. So I would say my fondest memories are watching volunteers do ministry by far.
0: Yeah. And I'm totally with you on that. I'm like, uh, I, I, I get that feel. I'm like, hey, we, we want to give the ministry away to you, people. Yeah. We do. Oh, yeah. And it's not because it's too much work for us. Yeah. Although it is, it's way too yeah. much for us to do, Yeah. And including the elders. But that's when we function properly, yeah. when they're doing their job.
1: And it's a and joy to yeah, give that It's it. exciting. I, I knew, I, I never, at Valley Bible Church, I never had to recruit youth workers. I, and it was because, it wasn't because anything I did, you know, particularly or anything like that. It was, we gave them real work. When they first came in, they're leading kids to the Lord. They're baptizing. They're discipling. They're going over God's Word with them. They're meeting with their kids. They're meeting with parents. They're doing all stuff. You, stuff. When you allow people to do the kind of fun parts of ministry, let me do the hard parts. Let right. me figure out some of the mechanics Logistical of it. stuff and all that, But yeah. y- if I give you the good stuff, I always thought to myself, if I get a spiritual conversation with a volunteer and a student within the first month, I have them for a lifetime. Yeah. Because that the, they'll stack chairs for you. You know yeah. they'll 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 clean the carpets if they can talk to a kid about Jesus. Right. So. Yeah,
0: they don't get they don't get the burnout. Yeah, there's a burnout if you don't have that effect. If God's yeah. not using you to affect other people's lives. Yeah. You just get burnout.
1: But life change is addicting. I mean, when you see Jesus change people. Yeah. It, it'll be, you know, your constant pursuit. You know.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I'm sure a lot of people wonder this. Okay. So you mm. you leave here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, because adult ministry is where God was leading you. Yep. Right? I, I, I believe I know that part of the story. Yep. And then you, uh, you you wind up at Not Avenue Church. And, yep. and I don't think you left Valley because you just said, I don't, I'm tired of Valley, I don't want to <laughs> be here. But I think there was a, a call in your life to do adult ministry yep. and it just wasn't available here at that yep. time. Yep. And so God opened a door down there and you went yep. down there. Can you explain a little bit about that process? Yep. How did you go from... I'm going down here to be a young mar- or a a young adult yeah. teacher and minister yeah. that way to now I'm the l- yeah. lead guy yeah. at the church. Yeah, uh, Explain a little bit how that...
1: So, you know, some of it is the same reason when I came to Valley. You know, Lindsay and I, when we first started processing through what does ministry placement look like for us full-time, I never felt specifically called to... Okay, be a youth guy, be this guy. You know, I never felt called to be a music pastor because I have no musical ability. Thank you for that. No, <laughs> but, but I felt like I want to fall in love with the church, and wherever they need me, that's what I want to do. Um, so I fell in love with Valley first, and then it was, hey, we need a middle school guy. Perfect, dude, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, and even at it, you know even here at Valley I moved from from middle school to high school to over youth and those little dynamics And right. i was excited to do what 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 Valley needed and same thing when we went to North Avenue you know we were doing young adult ministry and then there was some transition they needed youth ministries to be kind of redone so i said sure i'll be that guy so we revamped that put some people in place and then they said okay we need you to to do interim work can you do that well, yeah sure i can do that so we did that and then then it was Hey, we think you might be the lead guy. What do you think about that? All right, let's see if God's behind that. So, a joke at Ninth Avenue is I moved my office. I think four times in like three years because I was in my young. Don't adult get office. comfortable. Yeah, it's my young adult <laughs> office. I was in the youth office. I went back to the young adult office, and then I went to the lead pastor office, <laughs> and. And my guys, my youth pastor, Albert, he was like, I'm not helping you move those books. again." <laughs> you know? But I think, you know. You start learning to keep your boxes packed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just leave the books in there. I think, you know, w- w- when a pastor is called, you know, he's called to a flock. He's called to serve Jesus Christ first and foremost. Yep. But then he's called to a people. And at the heart of every pastor, if you open us up, it's we love Jesus and we love the people he's given us. And whatever serves them best is what we're going to take on. You know, because ultimately that's where we're pulled to, and so um, I think the same thing was true. You know, in all the transitions with yeah. Nod Avenue was, w- what would serve the people the best? Right. You know, and that's why we went to those different, took yeah. those different roles.
0: So um, I'm sure I try to think of questions in, in, and yeah. in, of, of things that our people would want to yeah. know, and so um, what what was it like? for you and Lindsay when you started to consider mm. coming back like you saw that there was an opening here or mm. we don't have to get into detail how that happened but just like once you kind of went wait a minute mm. let's pray about that What first of all you had to pray about it once right, you right. realized it and then kind of give me a, an idea how that went for her and you I know you can't speak yeah. totally for her but you know how she yeah. felt so I kind of know how she felt because she told me yeah. but I want <laughs> you to tell that
1: story I w- so it was such an interesting process yeah. you know um I think a good example is in the book of Ruth, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, there's this contrast. In chapter 2, Ruth goes to Boaz and says, or no, sorry, Boaz is speaking to Ruth, and and Boaz says to Ruth, may God bring his wing over you. A very interesting analogy to speak of guidance and protection. The third chapter, same language is used with wing, but this time Ruth is going to Boaz and saying, no, you bring your wing over me and I always thought that was interesting how you have Boaz is praying this prayer but he doesn't know he's the answer to the prayer at the same time how mm-hmm. God unexpectedly brings us about. So Lindsay and I from the moment we, we left Not Avenue and went to uh, our sorry left Valley and went to not Avenue, we asked our small group to be praying for the transition happening here. You know, praying for the uh, transition of leadership and all that stuff, pray for Valley Bible Church. And so our small group was very familiar with Valley Bible Church and all that. And we had been praying for years. You know, we got the letter first from from Phil stating the retirement and all that stuff. And so we were praying that. And I felt like we were in chapter two of the book of Ruth. We were praying, not knowing chapter three was coming. Right. Um, And then we went through this season of just really hard. You know, family uh, hardship. You know, Lindsay's dad got really sick for right. three months and mm-hmm. almost died. We had another family member, same thing. Then we had two pass away. And really, 2019 was. It felt like a quarter of the year we were already up here. You know, um, and so we were asking God, God, like, what's going on? You know, but we're homesick, and we know God that 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 You have asked us to put family on the altar. And we said yes to that when right. we when we when we came to non Avenue. Sure. And God, if you're asking us to do it again, we'll do it again. Uh, but we, we really miss our family. And then you know Phil calls and says, Hey, would you consider this idea? Which I was, y- I mean, shocked to say the least. You know, maybe another collision. Right. right? Uh, f- I was a, I mean, that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. That Phil would, would would ask that. And yep. then even in the process of the interview and all that we were just holding it with an open hand. God, we love this church. I think one of our, one of the hard things was we love this church so much and we don't, uh, we wouldn't want to be, uh, hey, we love Paul. And we and we love you guys. We don't want to be the easy fit. We want to be God's fit. And that was hard to God. Can we be patient with that, God? We know these people. We love these people. Um, God, we want to make sure this is your will and that our emotions don't get in the way of it. Um, and God, what God did with this process was we opened up to the, to our elders, to the elders, of course, here. We're in the process of everything. Mm-hmm. And all this wisdom speaking into these emotions gave us such great clarity to kind of brought us to that chapter three part where it was, I think God is opening us a door or God is opening a door to us to answer this prayer. We've been praying for Valley. We've been praying for our family, and it looks like God is saying, "Here, Paul, I'm going to give you a gift." And uh, but it was hard to receive that gift too because it meant letting go of the gift of leading Not Avenue. Sure. Um, but we still felt that this was what God was doing, you know. So there, a lot of prayer, a lot of wisdom, and God brought great clarity. We feel.
0: Yeah. In, in that, I think that's very interesting. Um, in communicating with uh, Tim Ballstrom and and Edwin who were on that committee and and interviewed and did all that stuff with you guys and helped walk through that whole process. Um, One of the interesting things to me, and I think you're aware of this, but um, was how they said that when your name would come up in in those meetings they would kind of say, "Yeah, we don't want to pick him because he's been here before. So they would kind of set you to the side almost and then God would inevitably bring you back into the middle of it all yeah.
1: again. And and I
0: think almost, at least that almost everybody on that team
1: yeah. kind of
0: at one time or another had kind of said, we're going to put you over to the side here, you yeah. know, because we don't want to, that's an easy solution maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: um, so it's very interesting how God just keeps going, no, 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 this is the guy. And I always think of Samuel going, and I'm going to anoint the king, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and and then God keeps these guys are coming before him. Going, no, that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. kind of how the committee felt, yeah. right? That's not them. That's not them. And then all of a sudden we get there and you go, wait a minute. God brings David in the room mm. and then God tells Samuel. God tells Samuel. Yeah. That's the guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Samuel doesn't pick the king. Yeah. God picks the king. Amen. And then those that God puts in place mm. anoint the the, yeah. the, the the king to come, right? Yeah. And so when I look at it, I think of that. That's a, that's a storyline for me. Like, yeah, nobody picked Paul. Yeah. And, and I think Tim said that very clearly in the video. Yeah. He shows the whole definition that we showed right before this, of course. He, he showed that whole process and how that worked. But yeah. I'm like, when I hear that, um, for me as an elder that was helping select, make the selection and, and basically just affirming what God was doing. That was like a huge moment for me was whenever they told me, Hey, like everybody on that team at one time said, no, no one, that's not, the, that's not the right choice, mm. but it kept coming back.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And
0: I'm like, for my own personal thing, I'm like, You'd be, be an easy choice for me because yeah. I know you. Yeah, I right? yeah. so it makes it more fun. Now, let's now working together. We'll see. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> here it goes. But that's, <laughs> so that's one of those deals. But I, I love that part of the story to me. It's like, no, God orchestrated 123 guys.
1: Mm. Apply. Yeah.
0: That gets broken down to 12. Yeah. And then, of course, the our consultant,
1: yeah. really
0: went to work on those 12. Yeah. And somehow you survived and got to the top five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and so then you look at it and you just go, so we go all the way from 123 to 1, Yeah. and the whole time God's just going, no, I think I want this guy from Not Avenue to come back to this church, yeah. which was all in his providence from way back, right? So we get that. So I, I love that part of the story. I think it's wonderful. So I, this is a question that I, I think that we've already talked about a little bit, yeah. me and you, but for the sake of everyone else, is like, what's it feel like mm. um, to come to Valley to a church where you knew the senior mm. founding pastor. You worked for him
1: yeah. and with him. Yeah.
0: And then I, I know that must have been very honoring that he would call you. But even that, but what's it feel like to go, that's whose shoes we're going to now try to yeah. feel. Now, I, I think I know the answer what I would say on that, but what yeah. do you say to that? Like, what yeah. how does that work, man? Dude, that's got to be like, Oh,
1: so, like, I think of this moment, it was in a staff meeting, Uh, with Phil and I don't know if it was it's hard for me to place the timing of it it may have been when I was leaving to go to Knott Avenue Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember but I remember Phil having this conversation and I I started the conversation I said Phil I would love and feel greatly honored if God gave me half of the impact he has given you and then Phil turned that around and said no I want God to give you double the impact that he's given me.
0: Double the influence, yeah.
1: And it made me think of the transition between Elijah and Elisha, you know, in 2 Kings. And there's that moment of, and I I was meditating on this just a couple days ago, in light of this, of Elijah, Elijah goes up to Elijah and says, hey, I want double your spirit. I want double the portion, which at first you think. That kind of is offensive to your leader. <laughs> like, I want to be twice it? as <laughs> better than you. And, and, you know, part of you thinks, is that what the, you know, the writer of, of Kings is doing? Because he actually records double the amount of miracles. I think Elisha has 28. Sure. Elijah has 14. So is that what he's doing? But Elijah's response is, is I think, shows the heart of it. He says, hey, what you ask is a hard thing. If you see this, you know, this phenomenon happen when we we'll be leaving, then you'll know that that's, you know, true. I think what he's saying there is he's not offended by that. What he's saying is if you're going to see this kind of spiritual thing happen to me, if God grants you that, then yes. And I think Phil's desire, I think, was true and genuine in that moment. Uh, we all want to be a launching pad for people in the future, that, sure. that, 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 that we would be a springboard for people after us, you know? Uh, and I think that's Phil's desire. And it, it, it's my desire and ambition to have a, an impact uh, as well uh, that springboards off of his. But ultimately... God's got to grant that. Right, right. And so I would say, how do I feel? I feel desperate for, for God's power, for God to do something, to show up, you know, because if, if, if this is going to work, then then God's got to be in it, you know. Mm. Uh, and that's what God did with Elijah and Elisha and, I, and, I, and my prayer. And I think Valley Bible Church would echo this so much because it's a church of deep prayer. Uh, that we want this next season to be the greatest season because God receives all the glory. It's not going to be on my resume. It's, it's not necessarily even on Phil's resume. Right. It's on God's resume, right. ultimately. So I feel honored, but I would say, as Phil would say, I'm going to steal a line from Phil, the best place to be stranded is on, is on the island of omnipotence. You know, when you're just shipwrecked and you're like, I have no place to go, but I'm on I'm on the island of omnipotence. God is all-powerful. So I, I feel like I feel shipwrecked. Right. God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. this it, it, is beyond what I think I'm capable of. But I know you're the God of all capability. And and, and the God who grants ability. Right. So I'm i I'm eager to see God show up.
0: Yeah, I think I am too. I am mm. like I think it's a great answer. Mm. It's a good answer. It's a very good answer to that question. I'm like it's a hard one because yeah. you're, you're following a guy that's had an influence on everybody in this building. Amen. Right? Everybody, well, everybody in the building, there's nobody here right now, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But everybody that attends here, right. uh, unless they've been in the last five months, which we have some, but yeah. very few, that he's had an impact in their life. And yeah. God used him to do that. Yeah. And so I'd, I would say, just from my standpoint, that's a great answer because it's not based on a relationship you have with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In my perspective, yeah. it's it's based on a relationship I have with God. Amen. And then he'll give you I, I've always felt this way. When you're in the will of God, He will give you influence with who He intends to give you influence with. Amen. And so, when He gives you a flock to work with, He says, "Shepherd the flock that's amongst yeah. you." Yeah. You know. And so, um, I think there's a great deal of people that are super excited that you're mm. here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I was laughing when we did that service originally, and I had I was watching people that were standing and clapping. For the, at the first service, they were standing, clapping. They go, they didn't even know who you are. What is that about? <laughs> well, that was just a God. I think that was a God thing too. You know, I, I think that there's that behind it. Um, oh, let's see. What else can I ask you? Um, so I think you've answered that. What excites you about coming back to yeah. Valley Bowl Church? I think there's plenty of opportunity here. Maybe you want to speak about the opportunity that you see yeah. in the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's. I know you're passionate about things as a pastor. Yeah. Maybe you can answer those kind of a. what are you are passionate about? But I think that's what brings you back here. Yes. Yeah. The opportunities at Valley are what you're passionate about. But maybe you can oh. expand that.
1: There's, you know, what I love, and, and some of, you know, the imprint on my ministry personality, if you want to call it that, is because of Valley Bible Church. And this is my first full time sure. position. And so a lot of what I do in ministry is because of the imprint that Valley Bible Church has had. What I've always loved is the balance of Valley. I've loved the balance of deep love for God's Word. You know, Valley Bible Church. It's in the middle of our name, and it's the middle of everything we do. Sure. Bible, 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 and and not just not just Bible, but but the doctrines that come out of Scripture and a love for dialogue about Scripture. And, and I love that. But at the same time, you have that, that wonderful balance of but we want to reach people for Jesus. Like I We would. want to talk to people who don't yet know Jesus. We want to be hospitable to, to curiosity. And, and the odd thing is, at times I've felt it's hard to find that balance. It, it feels like we either swing on one side or the other, you know? Right. And what I loved about Valley is I always felt like there was this even keel of we love to teach God's Word. We're always going to teach God's Word. We're not going to take out the verses we don't like we're going to just, you know, dive in deeply and keep people engaged in God's Word. At the same time, we're going to appeal to you if you're far away from Christ. And we're going to be hospitable to your curiosity, to your questions. And, you know, I think part of that is that's the church I was at. You know, when, even b- before that April 4th, 1997, you know, conversion moment, I was going to church before that because right. my basketball coach would take me and I figured I had questions Right. You know, ever since my dad's passing, I had questions, but it took months of going to church. But I was at a church where I know I said the wrong things, I used the wrong words. I, I hated the God that they were worshiping to, which is so weird. but I had so many questions and where are, where do you go when you have questions about spiritual things? You should be able to go to a church right. that's hospitable and mm-hmm. allows for that. And there were so many wonderful people at Grace Baptist Church in Ventura, California wonderful church, still going strong, um, that they welcomed this young, rambunctious guy even though he cursed the church, you know, because he didn't know any better. Uh, I've always wanted to create or be a part of a, a church that does that, that allows for the for the broken, for the curious, for the hurting. Jesus compelled people who disagreed with him, who you now Jesus had the audacity to say at one point, you know, sinners and tax collectors or prostitutes and tax collectors are coming into the kingdom before you guys, so you think you know the Scripture. Oh, you know it all, yeah. <laughs> and think about it. Man, imagine if a pastor said that nowadays. The, 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 all you in the red light district, you're getting in first. What a dynamic right. thing Is But Jesus was compelling people that were hurting and broken because he had an answer. Well, I've loved how Valley Bible Church even those the signs find joy, find grace. We we want to be hospitable to those people. So I'm definitely passionate about curiosity, uh, passionate about being hospitable to that, but at the same time being passionate about preaching God's word unashamedly. And so yeah. it feels like a great fit for our passions in this position.
0: That's crazy. Um, I love that answer. I love all the answers you're coming <laughs> up with. I think that's why you're here. <laughs> Good. The answers are the answers fit, you know. So I, I think we're at a point now where we're probably way over our time limit at this point. So yeah. I would just simply say welcome. <laughs> all the Bible Church, thanks for joining us today. Uh, be looking forward to uh, uh, other services online if we have to do them that way, whatever the Lord provides for us. But why don't you welcome with me our new lead pastor, Dr. Paul Crandall.